Welcome in to the Ambitions of Greatness podcast, everybody. I am your host, the Mad Genius, Helling from the Motor City, Detroit, Michigan. Thank you all for tuning in to this episode here, closing out. Well, no, this should be the second to last episode of uh, this month of October. Starting to get a little bit cold outside, trying to uh, bundle up, but not too much. You know, yesterday it was like 70 degrees. Today it was like 40-something, so um, that's Michigan weather for you. But first off and foremost, first, um, got to give a shout out to my man Makai Beats for producing that intro for me. Awesome, awesome R&B, hip hop, and rap producer. If you want to check out his work, if you're an aspiring artist or you kind of just want to fiddle around with some beats, um, definitely check out his website, which will be MakaiBeats.net. That's M-A-K-A-I-H Beats.net. Also, if you want to support this podcast and uh, by more than just listening to it, I ask that you head over to Pro wrestlingtees.com slash virtuoso sports that's pro wrestling tees t-e-e-s dot com slash virtuoso sports um you can either type in uh ambitions of greatness t-shirts on google and find it or you can head to the soundcloud page for this podcast which would be soundcloud.com slash the aog podcast there's a link for it on there on the soundcloud player if you're listening to this online there's also a uh, link that says aog shirts Definitely click on that, or even if you're on iTunes and you um, the little link that says uh, visit this artist website, that will take you directly to that page where you can pick up an Ambitions of Greatness t-shirt. For the month of November, I told you guys last week I was going to be announcing it, but for the month of November, all of my proceeds from uh, t-shirt sales will be going to the charity shoesthatfit.org. Um, it's something that I did last year. And, um, you know, we were able to, me along with some other people, we were able to donate $200 in total. So, um, basically how it works, because I split the t-shirt profits 50-50 with the guys who designed them, um, trying to make other people some money. So those guys still get their half of their profit, but my half of the profit, I donate to that charity, and then I also match it. So last year, um, through all the t-shirt sales, just total profits made a hundred dollars off of the t-shirt sales and then i took um a hundred extra dollars out of my pocket and matched it and we ended up giving two hundred dollars to uh shoes that fit.org good thing about shoes that fit is that me i'm a sneakerhead i'm a shoe collector so shoes are a big thing for me and it's getting cold out here um weather is about to get really rough and what shoes that fit.org does is for every five dollars donated they donate they give a pair of New Balance shoes to a kid in need, and um, really great cause. Uh, if you have any questions about the charity, you can always look them up. There's tons of websites out there that will give you kind of um, background checks, if you want to say, on these charities to see if they're legit or not. So um, for the month of November, that is something that I will be doing just to give you guys a heads up. Um, also, if you want to get in contact with me, um, Always available through email, which will be ambitionsofgreatness at gmail.com. Or you can inbox me here on SoundCloud. You can also uh, hit me up on Twitter, um, which will be at ambitionsog. Um, if you follow me on my Virtuoso Sports Twitter page, just to give you guys a heads up, pretty soon here, um, probably within the next few months, probably by year's end, I will be completely transitioning off of my Virtuoso Sports Twitter page, and I will be completely on my Ambitions OG uh, Twitter page. So that Virtuoso Sports page will not be there much longer, so 
guys head over and make sure you follow me on the ambitions OG Twitter page I'm going to start doing most of my tweeting over there um, just to kind of get people acclimated to that Twitter page um, you know and then during the week you can find me on blitzsportsnetwork.com uh, that is where you will find me talking NFL, NBA, MMA, boxing, everything in the world of, uh, of sports along with the world of professional wrestling. It all goes down over there all week long for me. Uh, subscriptions over there for the price of a Happy Meal. You can you can pick up a subscription to BlitzSportsNetwork.com and you can literally get access to thousands of hours of content. Um, between me and Bruce Blitz last week... Um, in a seven-day period, we uploaded about we uploaded over 93 videos. Um, and actually, it was 93, and then I ended up submitting 12 more um, posts to the website. So you're talking about 100 videos basically um, over the span of a week. So we, you know, me and Bruce, we put in a lot of work. Bruce more, Bruce more so than me. Bruce probably uploads twice as much as I do. But for the best sports analysis, coverage, reviews, previews. All throughout the seasons and off seasons, Bliss Sports Network is the place to be. If you're tired of hearing the mainstream media talk about stuff that doesn't match up with what you're actually watching on your screen, um, if you want something that's a little more edgy and hardcore in terms of sports and pro wrestling analysis, that's the place to be. You know, we don't hold back. We call it how we see it. We don't really show bias. Well, we don't show bias towards these teams or players. We call it how we see it, you know. If a, if a player went out there and, and and scored 40 points in basketball, but he, it took him 50 shots to do it, we're you know while the media is going to glorify it over there, we're going to let you know the real. Like, no, this was all volume. This dude took a lot of shots, uh, you know, to get there, and he wasn't necessarily helping his team. So, um, try to give you guys a great perspective and angle when it comes to sports. So definitely head over there, sign up, give it a, give it a try for a month if you want to. Um, and if you're not happy after a month, you know, uh, you know, you're more than willing to, you know, leave. But, uh, you know, once you're on there, it's a great community over there. Um, got, you know, a members page for members to interact with each other. It's, it's all fun over there. Um, and so you can notice uh, that I did not plug the FanDuel thing this week. Um, I will no longer be plugging the FanDuel thing, guys. Um there's been a serious lack of communication between FanDuel and I. Um, I have tried to contact them many of times and with no response. So um, I've made the decision to no longer plug the FanDuel thing and what is going on with them. Um, you know, when you're when you're a business and you're trying to operate and you're doing business with somebody else, because at that point you're in a you know you're in a business relationship. Me and FanDuel. Um, and there's been a serious lack of communication in terms of keeping me updated um in terms of you know even just getting a simple response from them in terms of the people who are in charge of the department for me that I, who I need to get in contact with they've been very terrible at that so um no longer will be plugging the FanDuel thing if you guys still want to go over there and sign up that's up to you but for me um I feel very disrespected by that shit so um I'm not going to continue to plug a a, a company who um, you know, obviously doesn't care about the communication for somebody you're supposed to be working with. It's very unprofessional on their end. Um, oh, and then last thing, Instagram. I'm on Instagram at ambitions. Oh, uh, ambitions of greatness. I haven't really been posting much. I got to get better with that. I'm not really a picture posting type of person. Um, I'm kind of old school with it. So I'll post something here and there, but, um, 
I, I, I got to get better with Instagram and social media as a whole. Sometimes I just, um, I'm not crazy big on uh, social media as a whole, but, um, you know, it's a great way to reach out to, you know, to the people and, and to the listeners and everybody. So that's where you can find me on Instagram. But um, first off, I want to say, uh, send my condolences to the family and friends in the Minnesota Twin, I mean, the Minnesota Timberwolves organization um for the passing of uh head coach and president of the t-wolves flip saunders now um longtime coach of the minnesota timberwolves i got a chance to see him um coach the detroit pistons for three seasons here um where he took him to three you know he helped take that team uh to three straight conference finals there obviously um he ended up taking over after larry brown left and uh when he was with the timberwolves he ended up taking them to three conference finals um I mean, he took them to uh, one conference final. I'm sorry. But I want to send my condolences to his family and friends, um, his players, anybody that he was close with, any friends or anybody he associated with. Um, you know, he, he, he got diagnosed with uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma a while back, and uh, he's been dealing with that all off season, and he had a complication and a setback, and uh, he ended up passing away today, um, not too long before I'm, you know, recording this. So, um, Definitely, uh, you know, definitely want to, you know, keep my, my my thoughts and my prayers out to uh, to to all of his loved ones and, and close uh, friends and family. Um, you know, I, I guess you can say this episode of the podcast was a long time coming. Uh, I had a lot of people asking me to kind of dive into this topic, which you can see in the title here. Um, you know, and, and it's something that hits home for me, you know, obviously because I am a black man. Um, issues in the in the black community. Um, first, let me say this. This is definitely not going to be some huge Black Panther rant or something like that. This is going to be far from that. Um, and also, a lot of things that I'm going to talk about, um, I, I want to say it does translate to, it does translate outside of the black community. You know, it, it definitely resonates with a lot of minorities, whether it be Hispanic or, um, you know, Hispanic of any type, uh, you know, African-American of any type, anybody who is an, you know, a minority in this country. And then also it, it, it will resonate with a lot of people who come from, um, you know, come from poverty or, or low income environments or anybody who has seen, um, you know, who has had to live in poverty at some point in time in their life, or who has just gone had to go through struggles. You know, uh, you know, ghettos aren't the only. You know, ghettos aren't black specific. There are ghettos all around the world. There are ghettos within the black community, the white community, the Hispanic, the the Native American community. There's ghettos everywhere. But um, over the past year or two, there have been. I don't want to say it's been new, but I want to say there's been a there's been more emphasis on a lot of things going on in t- within the black community, more specifically with the um, pol- police brutality storylines that have been uh, out there and been pushed by the media here. Um, you know, uh, it's almost like, where do you start with this? Because there's so many different things you could hit on, and this might end up being a, a two-part thing, something that I touch on um, later on down the road as well. but the first thing I want to say that I want people to understand is that a lot of 
black people or African Americans come from an environment that has a very low income ceiling. And what I mean by that is that um, if you ever heard the term make it out, make it out the hood or, or make it out, um, very rarely do African Americans who come from, um, you know, who, who come from uh, uh, a community that is not, you know, upper middle class or even middle class and you're talking about lower middle class and and you know the low class income communities and and kind of you know economic status um very rarely do you see many of these people or us make it out quote unquote make it out um you know a, a big reason for that is the lack of there's a lack of teaching going on right now within the communities um and i'm not saying that it's all the parents fault because the parents you know there are you know there are a lot of parents out there who try to do what they can um despite the environment that their kids have to grow up in but at the end of the day our environment typically determines or our environment has a huge effect on who we turn out to be as people and also what are we able to accomplish in life right and and today a big problem with when it comes to people making it out is that the ones who do make it out they rarely come back and for me um i understand that it's an environment where you you know you spent your whole life trying to get out of that and you spent you know, and you're worried because, I mean, when you're talking about going into a private community, any any sight of you having any type of money obviously makes you a target of some sorts. Um, but the, the, those people are people we need to come back into the communities because those people are going to be an example. Those people are going to be a blueprint. Those people are going to show everyone this brick road. You know, you ever... If you ever really think about this, and I don't really want to get too much into religion because I want to respect everybody's, um, I want to respect everybody's preferences or beliefs, so I don't want to get too much into religion here. But if you really think about it, how many people do you know who have been raised in a certain religion and later in life they no longer follow that religion? Or it's very rare, you know, even people who aren't by the book like christians or anybody who follow you know anybody who follows the bible um of some sorts catholic or jewish um how often do you see even if they're not you know strict even if they're not a you know um i don't want to call i don't want to say radical but um by the book i'll say by the book so anybody who isn't necessarily by the book meaning the bible how many of these people do you ever see really convert to another religion you 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 rarely see people convert to another religion i know it happens but just with with your own eyes you rarely see it and that's and and that's a product of how you were brought up and what you what you you know the beliefs that were instilled in you and the same thing that happens with that it also applies to uh mentalities and certain mindsets that happen when you come from those type of environments you know growing up you you grow up with the belief that you can only go so far coming from um you know coming from a lower ceiling 
you know, coming from an area that has a very low income ceiling, you know, um, you're taught that from a young age. And not, not, not only are you taught it, but you're also shown it because a lot of people end up either in jail or dead or um, out running the streets and doing, you know, doing stuff that they have no business doing. And so that that right there, it already instills this mind state in people that these are the paths for you. Or even if that you have you end up with dropouts, you end up you end up with single mothers, you end up with um you end up with people who kind of don't push themselves past a certain type of job. You know, a lot of times you'll see it it'd be like um, you know, fast food and this is no disrespect to people who work in fast food, but a lot of, you know, fast food or um, you know, customer service jobs or um retail jobs, stuff like that. You know, like me growing up personally, nobody that I knew from my neighborhood ever went on to become a lawyer, a doctor, a teacher, a firefighter, a police officer, you know, the the jobs that are just like extremely respected within the the world we live in. I, I nobody I grew up with ever went on that far. You know, everybody I know, the furthest they ever went really was, you know, being becoming a nurse, you know, um, an RN, a registered nurse. That's the farthest that somebody I grew up with has gone. I think there was one person I grew up with who has been in, um, you know, um, in in an art school, um, but I haven't really kept in contact with him, so I don't even know how far he's going at this point, but. Is, is, is very rare, you know, very rare. Um, now I will say most of the people that I know, um, that I grew up with at least did end up finishing high school, but that's not going to be the case everywhere else. And when you, it, it almost, when you see people who aren't able to, when you grow up in an environment where that's the furthest people go, it's almost like, well, that's as far as I'm going to go. I come from the same circumstances as they do. I go to the same schools. I, you know, I, I grew up in the same life. Um, you know, I just same neighborhood. That's as far as I can go. And and it, it, very young, it, it it gives people the belief that that is the that is the finish line for them. You know, um, and another issue that I have is that, like I said with people who don't come back to give those shiny examples um it is it, i i've touched on it before but the the amount of leaders that we see in these communities are no longer uh they're not as prevalent as they used to be you know uh everybody needs some type of guidance some type of i talked about it before a mentor um everybody needs it in their life at some point in time everybody and with the lack of that you're left to do stuff on your own and when you try to do everything on your own nine times out of ten you come up short in some way you know it's it's very hard to get through this world by yourself it's very hard to get through this world um without having a little bit of luck without having uh you know some help somebody giving you a push or you know putting some wind up under your wings it's very difficult and and the lack of those people in the neighborhood, you know, it's uh, it is it, very tough, you know. Um, unless it's like an athlete, obviously, who, um, 
you know, I, I think athletes tend to do this more than anybody. They tend to be the ones who go back to their neighborhoods more so than, you know, anybody else. You know, once a doctor, you know, somebody becomes a doctor or something like that. I don't, I, I, they probably don't go back. I don't know. I could be wrong here, but this is just from my experience. Um, and so I think that's a huge issue within the, within the low income communities. You know, um, where is that, where is that person setting the bar, setting that standard of, of, of what it really is to become successful? Like I said, success is all in the eye of the holder, but, um, you should only want the best for yourself and for your family. And we need people to kind of set that bar, you know, um, and I, I really don't want to mention this, but I think there were two shows on TV, really three, that really, for me as a black person, that really kind of tried to set that, that footprint of you can be a successful black, you know, male or female and have a great family and, and live a great life, you know, um, even though things have kind of tailed off to here over the last year or so with, you know, Bill Cosby and Raven Simone, but the Bills, the, the Cosby show in itself was a great example of, you know, um, of a family that is a cohesive unit that is able to, you know, be a doctor because Cosby on the show was, uh, you know, OBGYN and, 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 um, his wife, Claire was, I believe she was a lawyer. Um, you, you look at, for me, family matters, which, um, you know, Carl was a police officer and, you know, they had a, they had a, they had a great family, but, um, it, it, they, Yes, they had issues like any other family does, but they were able to show uh, the black community that it is possible to be successful and, and have a good job as a, in a police officer or, um, you know, go to college as, you know, Eddie did at one point when he was with Waldo. And then the third show for me would be The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And yes, I know a lot of people um, can't relate to the idea of having, from low-income communities, can't relate to the idea of having a black family that, you know, living, you know, living big in a mansion with a pool house and all of that stuff. But the backstory behind that was that Phil, he worked his way from the bottom. He was a farm boy. He was a good old country boy from a farm and he worked his way up through, you know, you know, through knowledge. And he ended up becoming a lawyer and then a judge. Um, and he was able to, you know, he was able to earn all of that stuff that he had and provide for his family in the way that he did. Um, and those would be kind of like the shining lights within the black community in terms of TV shows like that, you know, um, and we don't, we don't really have TV shows like that anymore. We don't really have celebrities who kind of put that example out there anymore. I mean, you look at Beyonce, you know, a lot of people love Beyonce and, Beyonce's out there making songs called Single Ladies, and then, you know, she's making songs called Single Ladies, but when she's done recording that song, she goes back home to her husband. You know, she's like out there encouraging all the, all the single, all the single ladies to go out there and, and do all of this shit, but after the song's over, she goes right back home to her husband, right? Um, and, and, and then you talk about music and the influence of music, obviously, with, um, the type of music that has become popular, you know, if a rapper came out or an R&B singer came out, because I guess you can consider future R&B at this point, good lord, um, 
but the stuff that they talk about and the stuff that they glorify is not something that is necessarily going to be something that's inspirational in terms of making somebody want to push themselves even further. Now, if you just enjoy the music because of the music, sure, but music plays, and I talked about it last week, music plays a huge part on our lives as an influence. You know, it, it gives off, it gives off an energy, um, and it gives off a mentality that really sticks with you. And so, we don't have it there, um, and we don't really have it anywhere else, you know. Tyler Perry, uh, who was another guy who, you know, as of late, kind of started to do stuff in this avenue. Um, I'm not really a fan of Tyler Perry just simply because how you portray black men within his movies. I will say that um, the House of Pain show uh, was actually a good show because it actually um, it showed that a black family could be successful, you know. Um the dad on there was, uh, um, you know, was a police chief. The other was a fire chief. Uh, the nephew was a fire chief. His son worked in the fire department as well. Mother, um, she was, you know, she worked in the church, but she helped out a lot of people. So, um, you know, shows like that, I, I, I'll give that one a pass. But um, there's really no, there's really not too many examples anymore i mean i'm sure there's there's tons of them out there but they're not in your face anymore you know they're in in, in today's times people don't want to go search for these things they have to be put in their face you know you look at bet what does bet glorify i mean they got the show the new show called the westbrooks where it's basically just five you know people who got famous from instagram and all of a sudden they're on tv how about you show the black family that you know uh, where the dad came from from nothing and he worked his way up to becoming a wealthy man and the wife who also did the same and they have a loving family and they're together and they have good times you know and they have their issues obviously because you, you got to show some you have to show some issues that for the relatability factor but you you show them overcoming it you know where are those shows at because I definitely ain't going to see it with, you know, uh, Love and Hip Hop or, uh, you know, like, like I just said, the Westbrooks or it's okay to have a comedy show on there like Real Husbands of Hollywood. That's fine, well and dandy. But, you know, it's, it's, it's just where is that? Where are we going to get that from? You know, where are we going to get that from? The, the most famous black leaders in this country right now or just people with a voice. Um, obviously, President Obama, who has a, you know, huge voice. Um, and then you still talk about Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton's of the world, you know, and you don't even hear from them as much. And I don't even know if they'd necessarily resonate with the younger generation. Or even if you look at a guy in Chuck D from Public Enemy, who is very influential in the past, and now, um, I don't know if the younger generation relates to him. And it's a shame because, he has so much knowledge to kick around, um, and, and same with you know Al Sharpton and, and Jesse Jackson. There's so much knowledge to be passed out between these guys, and the younger generation they could they could they, they could give two fucks about what these guys have to say. All they want to know is you know when's Drake dropping that new out al new album? When's Future gonna drop another song that he says the same thing and you still can't understand it? You know when's uh you know, I don't even know most of these new rappers, honestly, you know, hit the quan and, and all of that other shit, you know, um, that's what, that's what these people are concerned about, and 
it's almost like if you try to show anybody positivity nowadays, it's like their brain instantly hits that off switch and they don't even want to hear it. Or you have the people who like to talk that positivity shit and they don't really live it or they're not really trying to promote it. You know, um, it's, it's, it's definitely a lack of, 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 of leadership, I think, in my opinion. Um, there's a lack of blueprints. I think there is a lack of ambition, and it's just not within the black community. It's within the younger generation as a whole. I think there's a lack of ambition. Um, and, and, and I think it's the environments they grow up in. You know, a kid could be raised right you know, by their parents, you know, all, you know, 10 out of 10 times, but like I said, people are a product of their environment, and let's say this kid's best friend, you know, himself has turned to selling drugs or running the streets, and, you know, well, let's say he's got five friends, and two or three of his friends are doing that, and he's got one, you know, that's, you know, trying to do the right thing, chances are he's going to end up on the same path as the other two or three, because, you know, you you tend to pick up the tendencies and the personality traits of the five people you hang around the most. You tend to pick up those tendencies. And I want people to, I, I really want people to remember this as well, because if you ever have a kid, um, remember this, the five people that, you know, are, are, that you are around the most are the people you tend to pick up traits from. This is why you always hear, surround yourself with positive people, surround yourself with people who want to have success that's why that phrase that I used before, success breeds success, is so important. And it might not even necessarily be something that you intended for yourself, but it's just how humans work. It's just how humans work. And so it's very important to surround yourself and your family and the people, your kids or your friends with other people who want to be successful. You know, if there's four friends, four successful friends and one unsuccessful friend, chances are that one unsuccessful friend is going to end up becoming successful because not only does he have the blueprint and the and the guidance from those friends, um, but it, it, it's also human nature. We are very competitive and we are very greedy by nature um, and very envious by nature. And you see other people have this and you're going you, you want it too. you want to taste the the the. The sweet juices of success, and so I, I think that's very important, very very important, um, you know. And I, I also think there's a lack of independent thinking. You know, everybody claims they want to be an individual, but nobody really shows it. If you get what I'm saying, um, everybody kind of follows the path of others, and it's one thing to have an influence, and it's another thing to mimic. You know, when you're influenced by something, you kind of take something away from them and you kind of make it your own and, and fit it to how it works for you. And if you're, you know, and then the mimicking is when you try to do exactly what somebody else does or how they do it. Um, and, and, you know, it's kind of a sheep slash herd mentality, which kind of brings me to the uh, the topic of like the the riots. And this is something that has really bothered me for years now, ever since the Trayvon Martin incident, and I'm not going to talk bad about Trayvon Martin, because he didn't, to me, he did nothing wrong in this scenario in terms of the outcome and, and how people reacted, so, um, well, for me, the thing that bothered me about the whole situation is that, 
you had a lot of fake activists, one-time activists, social media activists, and if you look at it, it, it was almost like everybody, it almost became trendy or a fad to wear the hoodie. And, you know, where at first the hoodie was supposed to symbolize that, you know, just because I'm black and I'm wearing a hoodie or just because I'm a person and I'm wearing a hoodie and I'm walking down the street, that does not make me a criminal. It doesn't make me a thug. It doesn't make me dangerous. I'm just wearing a hoodie. And that's what it started off as. And then all of a sudden you have celebrities popping up wearing hoodies, even though they've never cared about social injustices. Um all of a sudden you have celebrities doing it kind of just to make them you know make it seem like they're they're a part of the movement and like they care when they really don't they're just using it for PR you know that's what really frustrates me um you have the people who don't they never care about these social issues until it hits mainstream media or so- social media Right? It's like, okay, um, and I'm just using this as an example. I'm not saying this is every scenario. White cop kills black man. Because that's how everybody always breaks it down to. They never really take the time to break it down to black, I mean, to person versus person or right and wrong, which is what it should always come to for me. Right and wrong. Who was right? Who was wrong in a scenario? Um, I'm not one to judge people. But, um, you see these people who never care about these issues until it hits mainstream media. You know, it's like white cop kills black man. And like I said, this is just an example. But and all of a sudden, everybody wants to react on social media and act like they care. But where were you at when the drug dealer or the gang down the street from you killed an innocent kid or uh uh you know somebody who was somebody somebody who was a son, a brother, a daughter, uh, you know, a sister, uh, aunt, an uh, uncle, you know, um, where were you at when you had black on black, when you have black on black crime in your community every day? You don't stand up for, you know, for trying to prevent black on black crime, but all of a sudden you want to stand for something because it's now a mainstream issue, right? It's just like, I'm not sure many people heard about it, but while the riots were going on in Baltimore, I believe for the Mike Brown thing, um, here, I mean, I'm talking that was gray. I'm sorry, but while that was going on, you had a you had a federal agent here who killed a little, who who killed a kid, right? Nobody talks about it. Nobody, you know. Um, a few years back, you had a. Um, you had an incident here where I can't remember if it was the police or federal agents, but they were going to raid a house to find, find a man and they ended up throwing, I mean, they ended up shooting the house up and a little girl got hit and, and killed and nobody outside of the city of Detroit was talking about it. You know, where was everybody at when that stuff was happening? Right. And it didn't break mainstream media, so obviously nobody threw, you know, nobody flew in from out of town to riot or anything like that. And that's the crazy part to me. People will literally, these people have literally driven or flown to other cities to protest these incidents and, 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 and riot, but they won't do it 
in their own backyard, in their own community when something happens there. Which completely baffles me. You don't care about the person next to you that you actually knew, but you care about the person that you don't know. And like I said, this is no disrespect to the deceased, but it just speaks to a larger issue that people will grasp onto whatever is the hot topic, what is the popular story, what has become the fad. They're not ta they're not really social warriors. They're not really standing up for for civil rights and social issues. They're just trying to latch on. They're sheep. It's the herd mentality. When you see people flock to one thing, chances are you flock to it as well. Not enough individuality. You know, everybody likes to sit here and say, you know, it, you know, it's 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 a, it's a race issue between the cops and the people. Which, obviously, there are cases where that is very true. But at the same time, uh, we can't sit here and put down all cops because there are good cops out there. There are good cops out there. A lot of good ones who really want to serve and to protect. You can't, you can't put every single police officer or anybody who, you know, wears a badge under in the same bubble. You know, we're talking about, and they're not isolated incidents because they happen every day, but, there's, you know, there's racial crime between all races. I mean, between black people and white people, they, there have been many incidents where they kill each other. You know, Hispanics, any, any race you want to bring into the scenario here. And people just like to stand up for something, you know, for a cause. If a black cop killed a black man, nobody would bat an eyelash. But because it was a white cop, all of a sudden people care. You know, if, if a black cop unjustifiably killed a black man, they wouldn't. They wouldn't bat an eyelash. But because there was a white cop, all of a sudden they care. You know, the, the whole Black Lives Matters thing. Yes, I, I get it and whatnot. But for me, it's a matter of right and wrong. You know, I have friends of all races. Yes, I'm a very proud black man. But I have friends of all races. From white to Hispanic. Um, you know, I have Italian friends. And well, that would be ethnicity. Um, but I have, I have I know people of all ethnicities, all ethnicities, all races, and I feel like it would almost be a spit in their face if I if I was walking around saying only Black Lives Matter, you know. Um, and a lot of people catch slack for running with the All Lives Matter deal. Um, and, you know, I, I that I don't agree with. I don't agree with them catching slack for that because, you know, it would make somebody else's life more important than the others. You know, who are we to be, um, you know, the jury and the judge in terms of whose life is important and whose life isn't important, depending on race at that. You know, um, it's... Our, our our society right now is in a very rough is in a very rough spot. Uh, you don't have people seeking out knowledge, and 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 you you don't have people really showing an example of the right way to do things. Um, and all of this mixed together, it ends up creating uh, an environment that is very that it all of this stuff together it, it creates a mindset. 
it creates a mindset. And anybody who, everybody has a friend like this who always wants to look at other, you know, look at society and blame society for why things are the way they are in their life or who wants to blame, quote unquote, the man, you know, uh, for the way things are. And, um, you have those, everybody knows somebody like that. Everybody. You know, regardless of race. Yeah, you always have somebody, you always know somebody who wants to blame the government for everything, who wants to blame this person, that person, instead of, you know, looking at themselves and saying, well, I could have did this differently. You know, I could have did that differently. You know, me, you know, I've gone through that period where I was, uh, I was angry at the world. And I, you know, I, I still have my moments, you know, I, I still have my moments and I'm not going to lie. It has made me somewhat jaded, um, bitter, jaded, uh, in a lot of ways, but you know, that's something I'm working on. And I feel like it, 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 I touched on it before. It's just with, with the school thing where people don't necessarily take advantage of high school the way they should. You know, um, a lot of it, yes, it has to do with where you're from, but a lot of people don't understand the true meaning of high school. A lot of people just think, uh, it's, it's just there so, you know, I can go to college. But if you really break it down, college isn't your ticket to make money. It's there to show you how to make money. Because the more knowledge you have, the better you're able to apply it to situations and in and, and whatever field you're going into. And now you know how to make money. It's not there to give you money or just instantly allow you to make money. It's, it's there to show you how to make money. And for me, like I look back at it now and I'm just like, man, I wish I would have did better in high school. I wish I really would have cared um, my first three years in high school. And, you know, I could have got into a good college and, and you know, uh probably would be in a better spot financially right now but i understood that and i understood that that is something that falls on me and i have to deal with the consequences myself and you know what um that's you know that's just the way it goes and i think people need to really self-reflect and i think the black community is it does a as a whole is doesn't do a good job of of self-reflecting on on things that we could have done differently in the past it doesn't do a great job on um it doesn't do a good job of relating um you know within the black community you find that a lot of the older generations of, of people in the black community have a hard time adapting their voices to what this generation wants and needs to hear. I, I think this is probably more demographics than just the black, but um, I think they have a really difficult time in adjusting because if you really look at it um, throughout the generations, I think you look at like, say, for instance, like the 70s and 80s and 90s. There are a lot more similarities in terms of mentality and mind state between those three generations. But when you look at it from those three generations, including the 90s, to this current generation of people, the gap is as big as it's ever been in terms of relatability and in terms of mindset and in terms of... um 
beliefs. The gap is so much big. The gap is so much bigger than it's ever been, and so a lot of the older people or older generations have a hard time relaying what their message is to the younger generation because it it doesn't resonate. It doesn't, and it's just like when you're a kid and every time your parents tell you something and you're like, you know, uh, that's not gonna happen to me, or even though it happened to them, um. You're like, well, this is a different time, and that stuff doesn't happen anymore. I th- th- think when you look at it, the, the gap is so much bigger now. From what they, from what previous generations had to go through, compared to what generations now have to go through, um, it's 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 really starting to become crazy. Like this is really the first generation of people who have had full access to the internet, who have had this type of advanced technology. You know, it's, like I, I'm, I'm, I consider myself an old soul, so I, I can relate to where both generations are coming from because I lived in this, I live in this, I'm part of this one, but I, I relate to the older one more so. But, um, it's just like when you hear people talk about back in the day, there wasn't social, you know, there wasn't social media or you know all of this cell phone crap so if you wanted to go talk to somebody or hang out with somebody you had to actually go do it there wasn't this sitting on the you know playing video games and talking to them online or or video chatting and all of this other shit you had to go see them in person well the generations before that it was pretty much the same i mean you had the telephone and and you had in-face conversations back in the day but with this generation now you have the additions of all the technology that has come up and it 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 makes it harder for the older generation to relate because there's a lot of older people who are on social media but it doesn't control their lives as much as it controls the youth you know um it, between that um between the downfall of what in my opinion has been TV um, TV is definitely marketed towards a younger crowd or a crowd that is more interested in social media and, and than anything else. That has definitely be a, been a big downfall. And all of this stuff, you know, it happens in the black community. It happens. You know, it it's, it's sad to see. It's sad to see. You know, I I I would I would love to see more successful people out here. You know, I don't wish, I don't, I don't want to, I don't wish to take anybody's success away from them. I, I wish we had more successful people, more people who, um, who, who wanted to take the right path and who were shown the right path or given help to get on that path. You know, I think it's better overall, and and I, I think a lot of it stems from a lack of leadership and examples. Um. And, and like I said, you know, the older generation telling this generation stuff is not the same. It just doesn't resonate. And you can say, you know, the message is the same and, and this and that, but it's not the same anymore. It's not the same anymore. Um, it's, I'm trying to find the right phrase to use here um, for this, but I think the gap between generations is as large as it's ever been. And I think that's something that goes unspoken with with people in terms of what's wrong with society today. I think there's a huge gap. I think this world we live in now is a lot more materialistic. It's a lot 
a lot more based on false idols, um, based on um, how many followers you have on social media, whether it be Instagram, Snapchat, uh, Twitter, or whatever avenue it may be, YouTube. Um, it's it's a lot different, and so I, I think. You you get some people and you, know, you you get some people who are really good at relating to the younger generation um, here and there, but not of a, not enough of them do. You know, one of the reasons why I think a lot of black people voted for Obama at that point in time was because they found him relatable. You know, Obama was the dude who was playing basketball and he was listening to rap music and he talked with a little bit of slang. Um, people found that relatable. You know, um, Obama and us the one thing I can give Obama credit for is that his he, he's able to speak to this generation and, 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 and relate to this generation, which is one of the big things for him um, in, in terms of pulling in votes. Because right now, you look at it, we have the most young voters that we've ever had um, in terms of just that, that age group. This is the for Obama's first election, more I believe more black people voted than they ever have before, and even not even just that, but the younger the younger crowd, um, regardless of race and ethnicity, more people, more young people voted than ever before, I believe, and a lot of that had to do with Obama having a really good voice that, um, in a way of putting things that really spoke to the younger generation, where like I said earlier, guys like a Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton. Their, their their voice and their way of going about things isn't necessarily going to relate to people now. Um, another issue that I have um, within, the, within the black community is the amount of violence. Uh, the amount of violence has become obscenely, ridiculously, absurdly over the top. Just ridiculous and there's always been violence everywhere you know that's how that's how america was built but and when you see it in front of your own eyes it's it's saddening it's very saddening when you realize that um especially if you grew up in, in one of these areas that you know somebody you've seen today there's a chance you might not see them tomorrow or next week or even a month from now um, you know, somebody could have just had a birthday or their birthday might be coming up and you might not see them again. Um, and I mean, that, that has a lot to do with obviously gang violence. Um, I don't necessarily see at least, I don't necessarily see as many gangs as I used to before, but they're more so a lot of cliques now. Um, you got a bunch of these, uh, cliques that kind of form up where you'll see it on the news and it'll be like five to ten people and they're calling themselves something you know, beat down bandits or some shit like that and um all of a sudden, you know, they're 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 wrecking shop and shit and I think you have more so more clicks now than ever. Um and it's 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 a damn shame. It's a damn shame, man, because um a lot of everybody has potential to be something. You know, it's a matter of if you're going to realize that potential or not. And everybody has potential, but when that potential is all of a sudden halted by somebody else 
with, you know, with a weapon, and there's nothing you could do about it, right? There's nothing you can do about it. It's uh, it's it's heartbreaking, man. And I'm not trying to sound soft or sound all emotional or anything like that, but um, you know, I watch the news and I see a lot of. I watch the news, I hear stories, um, I know people, I see a lot of this stuff, man, and it's, it's, it's fucking, it, it's, it's really sad to see, you know, um, I had a friend who was killed, um, earlier this year, um, in a weed transaction, you know, he was selling somebody some weed and they got into an argument and he ended up getting shot in the chest and killed, and, um, he sold weed, yes, um, but he was a good dude, and he had a good heart, and, um, he, he had a lot of potential to be great, um, he was into music, um, had real skills when it came to rapping, um, loyal, you know, he, 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 he would have took a, I don't want to say this, but he would have took a bullet for me, you know, and, um, and, and and anybody he was cool with, you know, he was one of those rare people you come across who who you can fully 100 percent trust. And he, he 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 had a good heart, man. You know, even with selling weed, he would he would put more in the bags than what you typically get. You know, like, for instance, you know, a five dollar Nick bag, of, you know, some regular weed, you know, that's one gram. He would he would put one point three in there just to show love. He was that type of dude where even in that type of transaction, he, you know, he always showed love to everybody around him, um, always broke bread with people, and he had a lot of potential to do great things, um, and, you know, his, his life got cut short, you know, and, you know, he was just selling, he was selling weed to, you know, put food on the table, um, because he didn't know any other way, you know, and, uh, Number one, it sucks because he never, he, 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 he got caught up in the wrong thing. And number two, it sucks because, uh, he never had the opportunity to, to make it out of that type of lifestyle. And I've seen many people come and go, um, and I've, I've seen many people, um, not make it. You know, uh, growing up, you know, you grew up in a in a in a in a heavy you know in a, in a in a violent environment. A lot of people you see don't make it past the age of twenty one. You know, twenty five or thirty at that. And you know, they they only live half lives basically, living that lifestyle or even just being caught in a crossfire. I mean, every day you hear a story about an innocent person being caught in a crossfire or some fucking gang violence or, um, you know, or or they were an innocent bystander. We just had an incident here where uh um there was a car there's a car dealership and somebody um you know, somebody bought a car and they weren't happy with their car purchase and they got into it with the car with the owner of the car place and they came back a few hours later, him and his girlfriend, um and they open fired on the place. They open fired on the place. They didn't give a fuck about the innocent people that were in there didn't give a fuck about, you know, if there were any kids in there. They just opened fired. 
And this is the type of shit that I'm talking about that plagues the fucking black community. Is fucking assholes like that who don't, who, who, who try to take lives and who take away people's opportunities and it taking away family members or, or loved ones or friends from other people. And these people don't get a chance to live out their, their full potential. But everybody wants to sit here and, and, and go fucking crazy and ape shit when, you know, a fucking cop kills a fucking, you know, uh, kills somebody. And like I said, no disrespect to the deceased on this, but where the fuck was everybody at when, you know, where the fuck is everybody at trying to find this dude who, you know, who, who could have taken, you know, uh, you know, multiple lives here. Just because he, he had an argument with the owner and you had tons of innocent people in there who had nothing to do with that fucking transaction. Kids who could have lost their lives because this dumbass was unhappy with the owner of the business. That for me is a huge issue. Black people don't care about black people as much as they say they do. They only care when it comes to uh, an altercation with somebody, uh, you know, white Caucasian. They, that's when that's when they care. They don't care when it's black on black violence. Either become either because they become numb to it, because they've seen it so much, or either because they just don't give a fuck. They don't care. You know, where's the fucking outrage when, you know, your local drug dealer, you know, um, gets into it with another drug dealer, and now all of a sudden there's a drive-by and an innocent kid gets hit. Where's the fucking protest and the riots to go find this dude? Right? You don't see him. That type of shit right there is what irritates me. You can't pick... If you're going to stand up for something or believe in something, you can't pick and choose when to do it. If you believe in something and you want to fight for something, you you you, you carry that with you 24-7. You know, it's just like if you believe you're going to go to the NBA, the only time you ever do it is when you have believed in yourself 100% that you were going to make it to the NBA. That's the mentality that you have to have when it comes to social issues. If you believe in it, if you're against it, if you're for it, stand for that shit. I'm not saying go out and do crazy shit, riots and fucking loot and, and set shit on fire. But I'm saying if you believe in it, stand for it. Don't pick and choose fucking incidents to hit, uh, you know, don't wait for these fucking incidents to hit mainstream media to all of a sudden care. Because to me, that means you don't care. That means you're a fucking sheep and you're, you're, you're part of the herd mentality and that you're a part-time uh, activist. Or a social media activist, because that's what the fuck you see on social media. There's a bunch of motherfuckers who don't really care about fucking issues all of a sudden care. I'm on Twitter every fucking day. I see what the fuck go on on Twitter. I see it. People want to sit here and talk about Beyonce, and you got the fucking quote-unquote beehive out there who go out there and attack people who say that, bad, you know, they don't like Beyonce or anything like it. You know, obviously the, the sports fans, fans of these fucking... Whack ass new artists and shit out there. You see this shit every day on social media. They don't never talk about social issues. If anything, 
They're putting down other black people. They're putting down other black men or other black women. And then all of a sudden, when something breaks mainstream media, all of a sudden they care. You know, and it and it also goes like I said once again, the the love and appreciation that you show to your own race. You know, and it's not just when it comes to social issues. It comes. It, 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 it's it's a huge thing going on in the dating world right now, and right now, um, and I, it, this is something that a lot of people just won't say, but right now it's the truth. You have a lot of black men no longer dating black women. They're they're only dating outside of the race now because they don't feel like black women appreciate them, right? And you have it vice versa, where you have a lot of black women not dating black men anymore, where they only date outside of the race because they don't feel like black men appreciate them or take care of them. It, going both ways. You know? Um, and a lot of that has to do with the number of broken homes in the black community. Um, like I said before, the examples that were set for us, obviously, whether it be in your personal life or you know, with your family or even just examples on TV, like I said, with the Cosby's or with fucking, you know, Fresh Prince or Family Matters and, and shows like that, we, those examples aren't there. And so, right now you have a bunch of people who feel underappreciated by their, by the opposite sex of their own race, so they feel like they can go find that appreciation from another race. Oh, don't get me wrong, I've, I've had these thoughts myself. Which are like, eh, I don't really know if I want to date black women anymore because I feel like I'm not appreciated by black women. And 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 a lot of it is a stereotype within the black community. Um and I'm not I'm 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 gonna say this because I'm just gonna be open and honest with you guys, but there's a huge stereotype with amongst black men that white women take better care of us than black women do. That stereotype is out there. Most people won't fucking say it. But that stereotype is out there. And that is based on the fact that black men and women don't take care of each other. And it works vice versa. I've heard plenty of black women say they don't date black men because they don't take care. You know, they don't take care of them and they feel like a white man or somebody of another ethnicity would take better care of them you know um, dating has now somewhat become a, a, a race issue you know um, you know there's even stigmas within the black within the black dating scene where you have between light skin and dark skin where you have a lot of men would not date a dark-skinned woman. A lot of men would not date a light-skinned woman, and vice versa for for women. And I mean, a lot of that obviously is because of preference in terms of what you're attracted to, but a lot of it is because of the stereotypes that exist within the black community. You know, where light-skinned women are looked at as a bigger risk amongst a lot of black men because, you know, light-skinned women, um, they 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 have this stereotype placed on them that uh, that they have more options and that it's easier for them to find somebody else and that they're man eaters and, and so some black men avoid that 
some black men avoid darker-skinned chicks because of the stereotypes that dark-skinned chicks are a lot more rowdy and, and that they're, um, you know, uh, they're 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 a lot more at you know in your face with a lot of stuff. Those stereotypes exist, people. Not saying I believe them, but I'm saying they exist. This is something that's real here. And even with you just go back to the issue of black men not wanting to date black women because the one that I didn't say was because they feel like black women are loudmouth. One of the typical stereotypes that you hear about black women. Not all black women are loudmouth, by the way. Um, but you have that one or that, you know, black women, you know, um, talk too much or she's too ghetto or this and that and you know, she wears weave and all of these fucking stereotypes that aren't necessarily true is very on a person by person basis obviously everybody's different but these stereotypes get cast and it becomes a real thing or even something as simple as if somebody's dated you know say for instance they've dated 10 black women and they've dated one white woman none of the relationships worked out but that one relationship with the white woman they felt like they were more appreciated and they had a better time with that person than they ever have with a black person that obviously could be something that determines it as well but their appreciation between black men and women is completely different it's, it's, it's not the same anymore you know um I mean, and all that stuff is, is simple stuff that breaks down to just the typical relationship stuff. Honesty, communication, um, you know, effort, obviously, when it comes to relationships. And examples that you see, you know, like I said, man, you don't see as many successful black couples anymore. Or, or people who make it. The divorce rate in this country is at a, you know, 50% rate. You know, that's basically every other couple you see. So, um not only does it discourage it but it also um it it just changes a lot and then you got tv shows like fucking love and hip-hop out here that or basketball wise that portray black women in a negative light in my opinion and these women on the shows they don't give a fuck about it they're just getting paid to do this shit but it betrays black women in a negative light and then in turn that rubs off on people so you either have the women who say I want to be like her or, you know, or who try to act like them or you have the women who don't want anything to do with it like that. There are good and bad sides to this. Um, and then you have the men who look at that and say, oh, that's the that's the typical black woman, obviously playing off of the stereotype. And they're like, well, that's why I can't date black chicks. Or you have the ones who get angry at this shit because they know that's not a real portrayal of black women, how black women really are. Because when it comes to stereotypes, people get lumped in into a bunch. Especially when it comes to race. Especially when it comes to race. Stereotyping, when it comes to race, is one of the biggest issues we have in this country. And amongst black people, black people do it within ourselves. We do it within our own communities. You know, we we aren't doing ourselves any favors when it comes to... Um, we aren't doing ourselves any favors when it comes to portraying ourselves in a better light. And... That's a huge issue that a lot of people just will not will not understand, you know. Um it's frustrating guys. It, it for me it's really frustrating. Um I, I I would love to see black people be more prosperous and, and more successful. But a lot of that starts with the basics, you know. 
um, you know, the teaching and the examples and the leadership of our communities. That's, that's, that's what it boils down to. And, I, I, you know, I think that, you know, like, it, it's not just our community. You know, it's, it's a lot of other communities, minority or, you know, um, low-income communities. It, it's something that exists. It is something that exists, and you know we we need we need more people out here who are fighting for for the right things, for the right causes, and and trying to push people further and 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 bring out the full potential in people. And we need people who want to have their full potential brought out, you know, through their own hard work and with some help from other people. So, um, definitely, this is going to be an issue I can touch on again. Um, like I said, I didn't even write any of this down. I just kind of let it flow and uh, see how much I ended up getting out of it. So uh, it's something I'm very passionate about and something I can definitely touch on again later in the future. But I'm going to get ready to head out of here, guys. Um, hoping you guys enjoy this. A lot of people have been asking me for something like this for a while now. Um, first and foremost, I got to say thank you for listening to this episode. Um if I made anybody feel uncomfortable, I'm sorry, but sometimes um, the truth or things that you agree with or things that you don't normally hear people say gets uncomfortable. Um, secondly, I hope I didn't offend anybody in this. That was not my goal. Um, I'm just speaking about things from my perspective and, and some of the things that I see. Um, and, and, and last but not least, I hope all of you can find something out of this podcast you know whether it be entertainment whether you agree or you disagree um or you know or whether it just be you know a, a perspective or hearing somebody else's perspective because i know a lot of people out there they like to hear other people's perspective and then kind of compare it to theirs and stuff like that so hopefully you can at least get that out out of this at the least um don't forget guys pick up an ambitions of greatness t-shirt from prowrestlingtees.com ambitions og on twitter on instagram i am at ambitions of greatness i am on blissportsnetwork.com throughout the week talking sports in professional wrestling um and then you guys will see me back here next sunday with a brand new episode for you so thank you for tuning in i, I appreciate all your support don't forget to share this podcast don't forget to hit the like button or rate button um leave a review if you're able to leave a comment um and get the word out about this podcast you know you guys are my um you know outside of me you guys are also my uh <clears throat> excuse me you guys are also my promotion you know you guys help promote this podcast as much as i do um when you guys share it or retweet it so um you know i appreciate all of you for that help and uh, hopefully you guys will keep helping me with that so on that note stay true stay true to yourself Stay true to the people around you, stay true to your beliefs, and stay true to your ambitions of greatness. Thank you guys for tuning in, and I will see you all next week.